The Front is an active art gallery, arts educational space, concert, and meeting venue. Run by Casa Familiar at the heart of San Isidro, California, it stands just one mile away from the international border of San Diego and Tijuana, Mexico. Welcome back to the Front Arte Cultura podcast. I'm your host Hector, and in this episode, we will talk about Cedro Saturdays, our latest community project here in San Isidro, what's next at the gallery space, and to finalize, a special music feature by Ruby Clouds. Cedro Saturdays is a project that we started last month, which is a community outreach event connecting local small businesses and local residents in order to cultivate a sense of belonging in their hometown, San Isidro. As a whole, this is an event held every third Saturday of every month, bringing together organizations like Casa Familiar's Living Rooms at the Border, the Front Articultura Gallery, and other local spaces like Black Box Gallery, among others, to take part in bringing in all demographics into one night to celebrate San Isidro. This section will be presented by our new special collaborator, Berenia Seituno, an independent journalist and South San Diego resident, accompanied by our new gallery assistant, Frida Kerr. Here I'll transition to their special feature. Hello everyone. So for those of you that don't know, the Front Art Gallery is now curating a mercado for art and culture every third Saturday of each month. And we just had our very first Cedro Saturdays this past month, which we were really excited about. Yeah, we did. It was dope. Yeah, it was really cool. So Francisco, Hector, and I were flowing in and out of the two venue spaces, the Front Art Gallery and our new theater location, Living Rooms at the Border, which is just up the street from the Art Gallery, a really short walk. So now I'm going to pass it along to Brenny. Hi, everyone. This is Brenny, just saying hey and introducing myself. And yeah, I'm here, presente. Yeah, Brenny was walking around getting a feel for the event, the people, and all of the vibes. Yep, there are definitely a lot of vibes. <laughs> if y'all weren't aware, Cedro Saturdays is the front's new community event. It brings together local artists, musicians, DIYers, and even some old school poets right here to the heart of San Isidro. It was a jam-packed event and I got to experience all of it. And as an added bonus, I recorded it for y'all. You're welcome. <laughs> so now you can, at the very least, retroactively experience it in audio form. Yeah, I saw you walking around with your recording talking to all kinds of people, vendors, people that were there just for the event. How was that? Really fun, actually. I experienced the event from start to finish, so that meant that I walked around from La Galeria to living rooms and then also to Black Box Gallery, which had its own lineup of musicazo that rocked until nightfall. <laughs> so, in order for me to take you guys into my experience and my memories, I have to do it in my own way. 
Yo soy la tipa que recuerda eventos en formas de obras de teatro. Solo mi cabeza, obvio. No soy playwright. <ríe> Todavía. Entonces, partí mis grabaciones así. Mm, imagínate tres actos. El primer acto tomó lugar aquí, en la galería. El segundo, en living rooms. Y el tercero, en black box. Solo les voy a contar así. Primer acto. Imagínate la galería con por lo menos 10 mesas rodeando un stage setup. El stage setup era para los músicos y poetas y las mesas, pues eso era para los que querían enseñar y vender su arte. Yo entré y inmediatamente miré a dos personas mayores con una mirada de nervios, like super nervous. So I thought, okay, let's ask them what's up. ¿Por qué están tan nerviosos? Turns out, they were the two poets who would soon perform spoken word and who haven't performed in over a year because of COVID. We think that the words that we use aren't just the words that we use, but they're also words that can make things open up and give us some insight into ourselves. That's Igor Goldlink, by the way, a local poet from San Diego. So we look at, we look at poetry as, uh, it's beyond therapy, it's beyond self-therapy. It's more like just getting your emotions down and words that you can reflect on. Talking to Igor was like, <laughs> interesting, but also pretty hard. I mean, he's definitely the type of artist who wants to kind of pull you into his world. But like, let's be real. Most of us don't know shit about bee poetry. At least I don't. And that's a genre that he draws from. So some of our conversations went something like this. Well, do you know, are you familiar with the beat poets? Do you know the beat poets? Okay, do you, have you ever heard of Jack Kerouac? Have you ever heard of Neil Cassidy? <laughs> ever heard of Ken Kesey? You've heard of Allen Ginsberg? Okay, well, you need to read about poetry. Alan Watts. Uh, they, they, they were poets uh, from the fifties. The fifties, yeah, fifties and sixties. So yeah, this of course made me want to go home and Wikipedia all those poets that he just name dropped, which I did. <laughs> and so here's just a quick summary of what I learned. The Beat Movement is an American counterculture movement that originated in the 1950s. Just kidding, I'm not going to talk like that. But here's what I learned. The Beat Movement went against the typical Americanismo of the time, essentially protesting conformity and uniformity with beats and rhymes. The Beat Poets didn't like to follow the rules and they believed that their society was boring and had absolutely no purpose. And of course, they expressed their discontent with music and poetry. But they also use sex, drugs, and even some Eastern disciplines like Buddhism to heighten their senses. And as you heard from Igor, the leaders of the movement were poets like Jack Kerouac, who wrote On the Road, apparently super famous, and Allen Ginsberg, who wrote Howl, also super famous. And this particular poem was a vulgar critique on capitalism, repression, and basically everything masculine at the time. Howl is perhaps the most iconic poem of the beat genre, and there's even a movie about it about how the courts in California attempted to censor it. It stars James Franco, so if you're interested in that, go check it out. Anyway, in Igor's words... See, what happened was there was a poetry movement, an explosion that happened here back in the 50s, um, and it was linked to the music scene. And so um, the beat poets influenced uh, people like Ken Kesey, 
and the San Francisco music scene. And that's where the Summer of Love happened, came out of, and everything since. So, in a sense, these poets are like walking libraries. Yeah, Igor was definitely very knowledgeable and clearly a character. Definitivamente amazing for conversation. That fool could talk forever. But as far as performance goes, Chris Vinoy, the other poet, who was basically, by the way, a wallflower the whole time, definitely more nervous and reserved. He, well, he just shined on stage. Uh, how many people like coffee? Ooh. Decaf! I don't drink decaf! Give me caffeine! Make me scream as the brown bean bakes in rotating metal drums. Cappuccino on ice. Latte is nice. Express on my heart. Squeeze it through steam. Let me sip caffeine. Dripping down, thick and strong. Dripping down, creamed or chocolated. Sprinkled with nutmeg spice. Vanilla would be nice. More vanilla, please. Squeeze it out of my napkin. Cold, but oh so full of caffeine. Give me a coffee bar in my car. I'll put my order in. Fill my two-liter cup to the brim. Top with a plop of whipped cream. What a dream. Oh, caffeine. Decaf. I don't drink decaf. Fred said they're with us now. He says that we're their holy cows. Aliens from distant stars, perhaps as close as Mars. They'd come at night to sup and dine on kidney pie and adrenal wine. They like to come at night, you see, for they like their dinner caffeine-free. So drink lots of coffee and don't go to bed, or you may see aliens in your head. Thank you very much. This is Igor. Talking to Igor and Chris set the tone for me. I was on full-on discovery mode and became eager to talk to more artists and soak up more knowledge. Oh wow, so what you're saying is that there were more walking libraries around the gallery? <laughs> Not necessarily walking libraries, but definitely people who resembled fountains of art. And some of those fountains had some deep-ass waters. For example, just in talking to folks, I learned that next to me, there was an anonymous artist who was sort of a celebrity definitely a badass in San Diego's underground art scene. Honestly, it's crazy to meet Aigato. Uh, I've been seeing his art since I was like a teenager, like when I used to walk around like downtown, I'd always see his art. So now that I got to meet him here at this event, it's kind of like a, like, I don't know, like a weird sign or like a weird, like a, like a weird set of events that led me here. That was Millie, by the way. He had a table at the gallery and was selling his photography there. Mostly pictures of his friends in the park riding their skateboards and just being themselves. And he described his art as... I don't know, I just like taking pictures of people like in their natural space. I think just doing their own thing, I don't know. It feels good to like capture that in one, like in one day, I think, I don't know. As for Aigato, here's how he described the origin of his art. Um, the Aigato was created in like uh, around 2012. So we have this character that's a pyramid looking like and uh, he came from outer space and he came down to earth hanging and started hanging out with a, a street cat and then he fused with a street cat and became Mr. Gato and they've been traveling through galaxies uh, for several years now. I is originally from 
uh, originally from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. And he, like many of the other artists that I spoke to, was super grateful for Cedar Saturdays. Too, but I'm so happy that I've been invited to this event because it's expanding my, ver my my horizons to like new people, different environments, and also like it feels like I'm very close to home as well. I'm like I do go to TJS as often as I can, and um, yeah, this is my first time in the space, and I'm happy to be here. Here's Millie again. This guy is like gonna sell me some VHS tapes that are really cool, and just like every other artist here is really dope, and I really like this. And it's in San Isidro, and I. I hate driving all the way to like downtown and like North Park to go to these other places to create but now that it's in our own community it's it's like dope so I'm grateful for this experience. Wow that's so great to hear because organizing the event got really intense at times. It was our very first one so we had to knock on so many doors just to see who would be interested in participating and being a vendor or playing music and so on. It was definitely a community effort, which makes it all the more impactful in my opinion. Oh yeah, and people notice that. I mean, on top of Cedar Saturdays being an event that brought artists of all types of disciplines together, it was also an event that brought different cultures together. And I mean, that's inherent to the location, right? San Ysidro is a border town, and that means it's a dynamic place that brings all types of people together. En México todavía no, no se da tanto el interés al arte, entonces lo que estoy intentando es persuadir a la gente en San Diego que conozca también artistas tijuanenses. Hablando es Alejandra Denise Ugarte Valles, una artista de Tijuana. Y para ella, Ciro Saturdays le dio la oportunidad de enseñar su arte. A mí me gusta mucho la Wicca y me gusta mucho lo que es la astrología, entonces lo aplico mucho en mi arte. Y el arte de su amiga. Estas camisas de hecho son de una amiga mía, eh, las traje porque ella es de Tijuana y yo la quise apoyar pues trayendo su arte aquí a San Diego. Eh, entonces eh, su marca se llama Weird Scorpio y es un diseño que ella hizo y es un diseño único, no hay otros, pero ella lo sacó en blanco y negro. También hablé con Zane, un artista DIYer que hace camisetas tie-dye súper únicas. Y bueno, él también notó lo importante que es tener un evento como Cedar Saturdays aquí. For me, it has like a lot to do with like kind of connecting to people that share like a cultural identity with me, so I'm half I'm half Indian, half Mexican, and like I've never really like felt super connected to either one of my cultures. And I feel like um, a lot of the art that we're seeing in South Bay is like really like focused on, you know, like Latinx like identity and like a lot of like the culture surrounding being in like a border town and just like the, the, the things that come along with that, whether it's, you know, positive or negative. Um, and I feel like there's like a lot of um, what's it called? Like, there's there's just like a lot of commonalities between like the people that work down here, you know. Sí, para mí también es importante tener un evento como Cedar Saturdays aquí en San Isidro, porque pues para empezar San Isidro es mi hogar. Tengo la mayoría de mi vida viviendo aquí. Uh, también siento como que hace mucha falta un evento de arte y cultura en San Isidro. Uh, San Diego ya es conocido por ser una ciudad de arte y cultura y hay muchos eventos como mercaditos de arte en, por todo San Diego como North Park o en Downtown o hasta en Old Town pero pues 
nunca ha habido algo así en San Isidro, entonces es algo creo que hacía mucha falta y que todo el mundo disfrutó. Definitely. Pues también escuché esa gran pasión, como la tuya, sobre el evento en Living Rooms at the Border. Pero ahí había like a whole another vibe. Yeah, it was another vibe for sure. So Living Rooms at the Border is Casa Familiar's theater venue located a block away from the art gallery, just right up the street. There we had a DJ, a couple of ceramic artists, and even an herbalist who was selling tinctures, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was outdoors, so it had a completely different feel. Like, while the gallery had a more speakeasy, cool vibe situation, living rooms had more of a summer cumbia party vibe. Uh, my name is Eric Rodriguez. I'm here representing Pishka and also myself as DJ Cuts. So it was really fun to talk to DJ Cuts because he's a farmer and a DJ. I'm a, a co-owner of Pichka, which is a POC uh, co-op farm uh, down here in the Tijuana River Valley. Well, this, we're not in Tijuana River Valley right now, but it's pretty damn close. Like, uh, I feel at home in San Isidro. Um, yeah, we uh, grow food and flowers. Uh, and provide it to the local community. And he was all about the cumbias. Not only because the cumbias hit the spot, but also because... This is like... I was playing like some other stuff earlier, but uh, sometimes you gotta let the crowd know where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a lot of uh, different people here. And uh, yeah, I just want to like make sure that they understand that we're in, uh, you know, we're in a neighborhood full of raza, you know, like, <laughs> just don't get it twisted, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, DJ Cuts definitely knows what's up. He's a community man all the way through. Yep, that was very clear in our conversation. Helping the community is not uh, something... Um, It's what I grew up doing. I don't know anything else. Like, I just found my way of doing it. Uh, it's kind of why I became a DJ, is to share love with people that can't afford it and uh, providing a service for a low cost. But on, also on the other end of farming, like providing people with healthy food. You know, like, I, I don't know, I'm like transitioning from like being a DJ to provide a service for a community. And I'm like, whoa, do they really need a DJ or do they need to read like healthy? Is the healthy food more important? It's a, it's a hard balance, you know? So yeah, as I mentioned, DJ Cut is also a farmer and his passion for both music and farming was really inspiring to see. I mean, you could see it just by looking at his setup. He had his turning tables, his laptop for the music, and he also had a bunch of flowers and herbs just surrounding that whole table. It was pretty awesome. He actually works and is part owner of Pishka Farms, which is a small urban co-op farm here in the Tijuana River Valley. And it's the only POC-run farm in the area. And I think in San Diego, right? Yeah, that's right, Brenny. Yeah, and we're gonna actually be interviewing Pishka Farms for one of our upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. Anyway, Living Rooms was definitely a fun event. And there, I also got to hear from Evan Lopez. Hi, I'm Evan Lopez. I'm selling my uh, my ceramic work here today, and I've been a ceramic artist since I was 15. 
Evan, like many of the other artists I spoke to, found the event to be a great place to network, especially with other local South Bay artists. But he was also just happy to be a part of something fresh and new in San Isidro. It's always special to be the first one on like the ground, like ground level. And then to see what this potentially could be and like grow to be is like awesome. And so I'm happy to be a part of that like first, first, first like, first wave. After spending a good amount of time at living rooms, talking to all sorts of interesting cats, it was finally my time to go and check out my last stop, which was Black Box Gallery. By then it was nighttime and Cedar Saturdays felt like an awesome underground music scene. A hidden gem for sure that no one but us knew about. People were enjoying the music, they were drinking, celebrando social gatherings again, which was a big deal, at least for me, and simply having a good ass time. Yeah, it's good to see, you know, like culture and community together. That's really good. That's why we came to support this movement of getting community and art and culture music. I also came because of Gisela Padilla to support her and we're very happy about it. Wow, Brenny, that's really amazing to hear. We were all really happy with how the event turned out and we're super excited for our next one, which will be July 17th from 5 to 8 p.m this time at Living Rooms at the Border because we have a new exhibition at the Art Gallery which you guys should also check out. So I hope that y'all can join us for both of those. Yeah, I'll definitely be there for sure. And as far as this event goes, Francisco and Hector felt the same way. Me siento bien, me siento satisfecho, siento que se cumplieron nuestras metas de hoy, que era, pues bueno, empezar algo primero. Eh, traer gente a la comunidad de otros lados, traer gente de la comunidad a que vendieran cositas, a que pusieran su trabajo, a que tocaran. Eh, tuvimos, por ejemplo, Vintage Dust, el, el, la, la banda de Henry, que es el, quien maneja la, la Escuela de Música de San Isidro. Eh, y es un musicazo y, y no es muy conocido, digamos, en San Diego. Aquí en San Isidro sí, pero entonces que lo vea otra gente, para mí estuvo increíble. Me, me gusta que venga gente de otros lados a San Isidro. Me hace sentir que compartimos algo con ellos, que, que no conocen algunas veces, que les viene bien. Eh, eh, y eh, como que decía, no es que vengan de otra ciudad, vienen de aquí, de North Park, ¿no? un barrio céntrico, pero pues para ellos es, es un cambio. La música que tocamos aquí, las cosas que vendimos aquí, las botanas, eh, es diferente a lo que normalmente tienen ellos allá. Entonces, para mucha gente venir a San Isidro es casi ir a México, ¿no? Sin ir a México. We've been here, we've always been here, but it's time for the Front Art Gallery to have this, this, uh, this spotlight that a lot of other galleries in San Diego up north have. And, you know, I've said this many times already, where it's like, it's next, we're next. But it's these events that truly, truly uh, validate that, that we're next feeling. 
know, you'll, you'll see the flyers, and when you see the flyers and you see that address, you're like, that's like a block away from my house. That's cool. That's all that like we want to focus on, and that, that, that's what we mean by we're next. We want people to know that this is our community and this is what we got to show. Wow, those are some pretty powerful words. I definitely agree with Hector. We are next and I feel like it's our turn now. Thank you, Brenny. Thank you, Frida and Hector and everybody who worked so hard to make this event a very successful one. Our next Zero Saturdays will be held this Saturday, July 17th at the living rooms at the border outside our new theater space, El Salon. And now we'll transition to our special music feature. You are listening to Un Dia de Estos by Ruby Clouds.
What's next at the gallery? We are proud to announce our new gallery hours, Tuesday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. with a lunch break from 1 to 2 p.m. and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with a lunch break from 2 to 3 p.m. Currently on view, and we will sing in the tall grass again, is an exhibition focused on the qualities that define a person beyond gender, identity, and labels. Seen through the post-colonial idealized present and future. Co-curated by Alan Luna and Julie Chu, two young curators that we invited to lead this project in an effort by the front to support young talents. The exhibition is on view from July 1st to September 1st. Stay tuned for more activities from this exhibition. In addition, we've got coming soon our new video concert from Vintage Dust, a local San Isidro jazz band. Stay tuned. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Please stay tuned, follow us on our social media, The Front Arte Cultura, on Instagram and Facebook, and hope to see you soon. My name is Hector Castro. My name is Francisco Morales. Bye bye.